If you've invested in your business, chances are you've funded future growth potential through leverage and after filling out loan applications and undergoing credit checks. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to RASC's Australian Business Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who dare to leave the world in a better place and get paid while we do it. This podcast will make you a better business owner, investor, founder, or entrepreneur. If you want to start a business or already have one, please subscribe to the series or share it with your friends, business partner, or colleagues. And don't forget to consider taking our free business course, which includes heaps of templates for creating business plans, HR documents, employee files, all of my software recommendations, and more. The course is completely free and available via the link in your podcast player. Okay, let's get into the episode. Jordan, Daniel from Grace Place Advisory. How are you guys going? Good, mate. You? Good, good. Happy good. to be here. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, special congrats to you, mate. Um, recently became a father. Yes, yes. A couple of weeks ago. Yep. That's why you were absent on a few episodes, which we'll excuse you for. Yep. Yep. Took a couple of weeks off to spend some time with the with mum and bub. So that was great. Uh, but back to work now. Yeah. A little birdie, I won't say who, told me that because um, Daniel's a big guy, like he's a big guy. And a uh, little birdie told me that you're getting sore shoulders from holding, because I can only imagine you holding this little baby. <laughs> yeah, listen, there is context to that. There are a few old sports injuries. They're all, no no injuries. Very old, very old injuries um, that did get that did flare up a little bit. This cute little four kilo baby yep. sort of sits in your arms for hours and hours and hours. Um, yeah, I did have a few physio trips there, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one, he rang me and he's like, oh, I'm just on the way to, I rang him, sorry, and I said, oh. What are you up to? He goes, oh, I'm on the way to the physio. What? For what? He's like, <laughs> goes, I was holding the little one and my shoulders have been getting sore. And I forgot about these swimming injuries. And I was like, could not believe what I was hearing. <laughs> it wasn't sore. Like, it was dead. Like, it got to the point where my arm just would not go up. And my oh, missus wow. is like, you need to go physio. I was like, no, I'll be right. I'll be right. <laughs> and you know what? My mum still booked those physio appointments <laughs> for me. <laughs> oh, well, what a mum's for. That's yeah. awesome. Well, um, no, congrats, mate. It's a life-changing event and for the better. So, Yeah, no, congrats. thank you. Thank you. Um, today, we're talking about end of financial year sales in particular. Well, not sales, but like cars and a lot of people trying to claim them on tax. And this is relevant now because I was, we're recording this on June 20th. Ideally, we probably would have done this a month ago, but... Um, we're 10 days out from the end of the financial year, and I'm still hearing ads on the radio on the way in. Yes, I still listen to that occasionally, and not just podcasts. And uh, I was like, you see it online, you see it on social media, people buying cars for the tax reasons. And there are a few reasons why this is the case now, um, but there are many rules that we want to cover and let the guys cover because you could get it really wrong. So first of all, uh, we we have talked about this in the past. Maybe Daniel, are cars tax deductible? Yeah, of course. So cars and sort of any form of travel is really tax deductible. But 
it's what you use it for. So it has to be used for some type of business usage, whether it's to see clients, whether it's to carry your loads, um, equipment, people, if that's part of your job. It's really got to be specific to what you do and how you earn an income. Okay. So it's not travel to and from home is just not deductible. And so if I'm going to the office or if I'm going to the first job site, not tax deductible. No. If it's the job site and you're lugging tools around. Different. There are nuances like with each job. So it's sort of, it's, it's hard okay. to blanket everything. Um, but as a tradesperson, if you're lugging your tools around, you've got pipes on top or timber. It, yeah. You need it because you need yeah. it to get to the- And exactly. then the other sort of case that if you're on like a 10-year project on the metro, for example, in New South Wales, and there's site lockups where you can leave your tools, all of a sudden it doesn't become deductible. Ah. So there's so many- so when we say it's like really industry and job and sort of job specific, even like jo- on each job that exactly you're working on. it, it yeah. does change. So it's really important to know how it affects you in your business or yourself personally. Um, the deduction stuff and understanding it because there are so many little rules yep. in there and little exclusions that you could potentially get caught out on. Okay, so let's say. Um, because I, I we'll use the example of tradies, but it's not just tradies, as we'll discover. But let's use the example of a tradie, and I want to buy a ute, pretty typical, because mm-hmm. I want to put my stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, chances are, in most scenarios, I'd imagine I'm going to be driving that like maybe five or six days a week. But there's a day that's not you mm-hmm. know, included, because I'm honestly, I'll use it on the weekends. I might go yep. to the beach or whatever. How does that work from a tax perspective? Like, obviously, some of that is not me going to work or doing a work-related thing. Some of it's personal. How does that work? Well, ideally, you need to be creating a logbook. The ATO do want a logbook of the Ks that you're doing and how many of those Ks are Mm work-related, and then they're happy with the percentage. So, if you do it for about 12 weeks, and let's say, for example, during those 12 weeks, 90% of the Ks you did were for work, and then there was a 10% portion for you to go to the beach, We'll claim 90% of that vehicle for you, which is okay. still a very, very large portion of the costs. Yep. And that's all the costs? So, that could be, could that be tolls? Yep. Could it be fuel? Yep. Could it be, what about the cost of the vehicle? Yes. Okay. All, all of the above. All of the above. All right. Maintenance? Yep. Okay. Mate, even as a tradesperson, if you're going to purchase the ute from the dealer, sometimes they won't have boxes on the ute and you have to do that fit out yourself that's all tax deductible as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much anything you can put in those boxes is tax deductible. The sign writing, if you want yeah. your logos, your phone numbers yeah. on, on you know, the outside yeah. of your vehicle, that all becomes sort of tax deductible as well and falls under that sort of that 90% if we're going to use that logbook yeah. component. That's sort of, that's best practice there. Yeah. Okay. So, Jordan, I'm going to turn to you now. So, how about if you're not a tradie? So, if you buy a car and you're not a trader, say you're an accountant or a white collar worker, you work in an office, maybe you do see some clients, but primarily you're in an office, are vehicles tax deductible? Uh, probably not. Again, very situational. Yeah. Um, you can do your logbook method in this case as well, or you can apply fringe benefits tax, which is probably another yeah. five hour episode in itself. Okay. <laughs> but this is interesting. The reason why I've turned it to you is because I know you bought a car recently yes. and we were talking about this, how a vehicle, uh, it, there are certain rules. We won't, do, let's not talk about the instant asset right off right yeah, now, okay. but let's just talk about the certain exemptions that apply to 100% electric vehicles yes. and why you made that decision. Like, there's, 
we'll encourage everyone to go and check out the ATO website, of course. Yeah. But do you just speak generally yeah, about that? Yeah, of course. Um, so in each state um, have their, their own incentives as well, but we'll just talk about tax yep. um, here. For electric vehicles, you don't have to apply any fringe benefits tax. So essentially the whole thing is deductible in your business. Um, for me, there was, two re- there was two reasons for buying it. One for that, and secondly, because in this financial year, it's the last financial year for the instant asset write-off. So it's the last year where I can claim the whole amount of the car outright. It's a tax deduction. Exactly. The first year when you get it delivered. As soon as though, it's delivered, yes. It has to be delivered. Yes. So, so people getting into these news or these marketing messages right now and they're like, oh, this heard I could buy a Mercedes, but they don't get it for three months. Yeah. They might buy it now, but they don't get it. Exactly. So they're not eligible for that. Exactly. Because even if you were to go to the dealer today, um, sign all the paperwork, you sh- if you're going to finance it, that's going to take time. If the car's not there- and it needs to be shipped from overseas. Like my car, I haven't told you yet. Mm-hmm. It's been sitting in a port in Port Kembla in New South Wales for like two weeks. Oh. So I've bought this car thinking, oh yeah, I bought, I bought it in, I think it was May, because they said they had it in stock. But because of the shipping issues they're having, it's been sitting on a boat outside of um, near Wollongong in <laughs> New South Wales for like two, three weeks now. So like, You've got 10 days. Yeah, this whole pl- master plan of mine to reduce taxes. <laughs> It's fading away. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is, so people hear that, they're like, say a Tesla costs 60 grand, say, for example. Yep. Um, you can then take that 60 grand and it deducts from your income, so it reduces your profit yes. effectively. So you could do this if you're a sole trader. Yes. You could do this if you're a company, something like this. But, um, I mean, there's a few things here. But let's say, for example, you do get it on July 1st. So instead of getting that whole deduction up front, the 60 grand, you might have to apportion it. So you still get the deduction, but it's just over a certain number of years, correct? Yes, but Yeah, it's over the useful life of that asset, whatever that asset sort of may be. So say, for example, what's really common is like a five-year loan term on a car. So say someone gets a, say a person's business, I'm listening to this, I want to get a Tesla, uh, for example, and I'm willing to pay 60 grand and I get a loan for 60 grand from Macquarie or Insert Bank over five years. Does that become the useful life? No. No, the, okay. ATO, the ATO generally release their sort of useful life records it's, on a year-to-year basis, which okay. does always change. Um, best practice, I think, the ATO, their tax. The maximum useful life for tax purposes is, a, correct me if I'm wrong, seven and a half years? Yeah, I think so. And it's it's interesting because for the last few years since COVID and they've introduced this temporary full expensing or the instant asset write-off, there's been no need to check these documents that Daniel's talking about because yeah. they're huge, like hundreds of pages. And when we talk about they assets- isolate, They isolate every single asset yeah, to like, the point where like what engine type you've got, like petrol engines are different to diesel engines. Like yeah, they're so specific. Cameras and like these documents that we're talking about, yes, they've still been published, but we, because of these um, tax legislation changes that were brought in because of COVID, you haven't been checking them. It's just been- Asset has been purchased, instantly write it off. But now, going back to that example, we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to start checking those again. So, for example, let's say for round figures, it's not exactly the correct math. But let's say, for example, it's six years, approximately ten. Say, there's not. It's not always like that. Sometimes you get accelerated and different types of depreciation. But in effect, let's say for very round figures, you might get say like ten grand a year off. Yep. Yep as a deduction yep. so you still get the deduction I think that's the good news for people like if, even in your case if you order a Tesla and it comes on July 1st not great 
but still you get the deduction just in future years. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you don't lose the, just to clarify, you don't actually get a bigger deduction. You're talking about just the timing of that deduction. Yeah. So it's not like it's costing you any less and it's going to sort of be better in any way. It's just what you're doing is pushing the deduction and getting the benefit sooner rather than just waiting for it. It's mm. a timing thing that we're talking about. It's got nothing to do with, it's not a better deduction. Yep. It's a faster deduction. Yeah. I think that's a mistake people make. They think because they hear this and the way the marketing sounds is like, purchase this now and you will save money. Like you will, it is no different, right? It's just like you said. It's, it's just, just receiving the money now, not yep. over a period of time. Yeah. And sometimes the period of time might work. Sometimes maybe not. Um, okay. So you, this one in particular was really interesting on this Tesla because there are certain exemptions and there are on the ATO website about, um, and this is what got me really interested in it as well, is not so much because I, when I realized this, it wasn't because of the instant asset right. It was for the fringe benefits tax. Could someone, I know we, we don't want to go into too much depth about fringe benefits tax, but maybe Daniel, can you just explain generally what fringe benefits tax is trying to do? Yeah, so fringe benefits tax is more or less trying to find, um, the ATO is trying to just tax personal sort of components mm. of um, you know, asset. asset usage, yep. right? So for example, obviously your vehicle, like you said, it's not always going to have 100% usage. So what the ATO does is put legislation out there to try and capture the personal usage within businesses. That's okay. what it is. And it's not just the cars, it can be for travel, meals, you know, let's say, for example, you know, you've, you've got a night away somewhere yep. and let's say your the business is paid for not just the dinner, but then the drinks after that. Yep. That needs to be accounted for as like a personal component, which falls under the fringe benefits tax umbrella. And the ATO does have sort of workarounds, the FBT, where, you know, the, the employee, in quotation marks, yep. can contribute back into the business to offset the personal component. And that's how you sort of combat FBT. Okay. And that's where it gets a little bit complex. But what it does do, it captures the personal expenditure component of some of the business expenses that are coming through. So it stops people say like, I have a business and I'm going to go for dinner for the next five nights and with my friends and I'm just going to put that on the company credit card. Correct. That's that's what it's trying to capture. Yeah. But even, even sort of beyond that, let's say, for example, you know, We've traveled to Melbourne yep. from Sydney. Trip is purely work-based. We're here, yep. you know, creating podcasts, creating content. For us, it's tax deductible. Our meals become tax deductible yep. because well, we've got to eat, we've got yep. to survive. But <laughs> if Jordan and I decided to go out to a bar after and, you know, buy a few drinks and stuff, like that, that does not become tax deductible because it's no longer sustenance. Yep. That is like entertainment. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, just to tie back to the, the car as well, um, you can use like a statutory method, which is 20%. Yes, 20, 20%. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm going to bring up the the proper terminology for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with the, the, the Teslas, you don't have to pay that. T- when I say pay, they're accounting entries. Um, you have to pay that 20%. So you get f- the car becomes fully tax deductible. What I found amazing with this is on the ATA website, it says, um, even if the car is used by the, the car, it has to be used by an employee or their associates in brackets, including family yeah. members. <laughs> so this is what really caught my attention because I was like, "Hold on a minute, yeah, this is suggesting that I can buy the car and my family could drive it." And that is what made it super interesting because then I was thinking to myself, 
well, then we could maybe sell one of our cars and the company carries the cost of the car and we save on the car that we've sold. Exactly. Which seems like, I estimate I could save between five and 15 grand. Yeah, easy, easy. And that's just the government trying to push that net zero. Yeah. So they're, they're giving the benefit to the business to businesses to try and push that. See, I've brought this up with other people that are finance people and they don't understand fringe benefits tax. And they're like, oh, no, like, it's not interested. And I'm like, wait. Do the math. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not that hard. Like, the savings are pretty huge. Yeah. It's probably one of the best. I th- what's the way I thought about it? I could probably try and give myself a pay rise or I could try and save save money as opposed to earning money, if that makes sense. Exactly. So instead of giving myself a, say I gave myself a 15 grand pay rise, I pay for around figures 30% tax, I get 10 grand in my pocket. But then I was like, or the company could own the car that I use and covers the costs of the car. That's yeah. a much more tax efficient way. For sure. For me to get a benefit. Yeah, for sure. Because if you're going to, if you keep giving yourself pay rises, you're going to bump yourself up. To a higher tax? Exactly. So you're going to actually get in your pocket less. Whereas if that example that you just said, it's a no-brainer. I had some extreme examples. I heard some extreme. So people have figured this out, even at bigger businesses. Right. And that I heard an extreme example recently. The company was really struggling with retention. They have like 300 staff members who are pretty highly paid or in the health profession. And people are calling for wage increases. Like, well, we can't really afford raw wage increases. Why don't we start buying everyone Teslas? Mm. That all f- there are certain rules. So check out the ATO website. It, has to, it can't be like the extreme Tesla and all this sort of shit. Like it, and it has to be those certain rules. But they were like, this seems like a much better way to give people bonuses and improve retention. Because who's going to leave your company if you buy a Tesla? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You get a Tesla as long as you work for us. Yeah. That's a pretty good, pretty good deal. The only risk, obviously, is that the Teslas are on your balance sheet and you've got to pay the loan. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yeah. You also need to pay for them. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, yes. They're, they're not for free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets Teslas. Tesla for you. Tesla for you. But, yeah. Can, okay. So that's where I was like, wow. Like, if you can afford it as a business, you're like, well, at least for yourself, you're like, wow, why wouldn't I mm. save money? And, it seems like a pretty good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd absolutely. never consider. By the way, I'd never consider buying an expensive car. That for me is an expensive car. But this was like, it just makes sense. So well, the cost FYI. of the vehicle just goes down. And when you take away the tax benefits that you're receiving, it's not really an expensive car, is it? No, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. right. That's exactly like, right. Yeah, because you you got to factor that in. It's like okay, I can either buy a forty thousand dollar car with no tax benefits in let's yeah. say my personal name. Or I can buy a $60,000 car, get $20,000 worth of tax benefits, and I'm in the same net position as I would have been yeah. from the start, and I've got a much better vehicle. Yeah, it's electric. You had yeah. <laughs> no fuel. It says here, just a quick Google, like the average cost of a car is about forty grand. Once you add back all of the, the GST that you'd get from yeah. that and all of the other benefits, you're probably pretty close to that. <laughs> yeah, 40 yeah. grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, and there's incentives depending on the state. Yeah. Victorians, sorry to say, we're going broke, so um, they're cutting back on the... They, too many people are taking up this offer from the Victorian government, but I don't know. I, don't know, I haven't explored if you could buy one in Queensland and just drive it down. <laughs> I think you'd have to be with a... You'd probably have to have a license in Queensland. Yeah, yeah it's probably... Rego. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, um, good news for everyone else. Um what was the 20% rule? Yeah, so with the 20% rule, so the statutory method, what it does, so let's say the vehicle, the cost base of that vehicle was about, call it $60,000 yep. for- So you buy a, a ute or something like that. 
Well, this won't apply for a U. This will be for, like, let's say, for example, like an SUV for okay. Okay. Um, even a tradesman who doesn't carry tools. He just goes out and quotes and then sends oh, yeah, staff cool. out, for example. Yep. So we use it that sort of SUV for work purposes. And let's say he hasn't got a logbook. He hasn't tracked anything, hasn't done anything yep. for Shame it. Shame on him. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> um, we're going to say he's held the vehicle for the full year the full 12 months, um, and we're going to, just going to apply what's called the statutory method. So in $60,000, he loses about $12,000 a year in deductions because that needs to be re-injected into the business as an employee contribution. So instead of sort of that $60,000 value, yep. it's going to be worth 48000 Yep. So that's where that component is, and it's more or less assuming that it's an 80% okay. business usage component okay and that needs to be calculated every single year right until sort of the new vehicle comes along so if you with your clients at gray space you say to them can you please do a logbook for 90 days yeah i don't know how many people listen to us but that's what we the good thing about that's that method as well is it's not it's it's an accounting entry um and it's it's how, do, how should we Explain. Yeah, so th- we have like a cal- like, like that ca- calculation Daniel just did on his phone. We have a spreadsheet where we take into account mm-hmm. the cost base. There's all of the expenses that have been incurred and whatnot. And on that example, you wouldn't actually pa- pay twelve thousand dollars to your business. You'd record it as income, and then on the other side, it would be to the director's loan. Or depending on the yeah. the entity type. Yeah, you'll pay it eventually. You'd, you yeah, know, as you start accumulating it. Again, we've we've spoken about it. You know, in other episodes about Div Seven A loans and using that yeah. sort of Trying account there out. and yeah. 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 yeah that's that all gets reconciled at the end of the year so let's say for example that director's loan account starts you know blowing out a little bit it might mean you've got to pay for a dividend down the track it you will sort of contribute it it's just the timing of it is a bit okay. different it's a bit, it can be a bit complex to okay. articulate how yeah well let's movements work. let's instead of focusing on the accounting entries let's do one example yes okay so you tell me how I, what i need to do i have a business um i'm gonna buy an suv for sixty thousand dollars i don't even know we get for 60 grand like a do they still make honda crvs or like a yes yes they do, <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, okay. like honda crv i'm like this yeah. could be cool i'm gonna go out i work for an air conditioning company so i'm gonna mm-hmm. go out and quote people i don't do the installation i just quote people i yep. take my you know, my piece of paper and i go and quote measure and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. i drive it like basically every day of the week sometimes saturdays mm-hmm. i haven't done a logbook so I come to you and I go, what do I actually need to do? Do I need to, like, can I claim this or how would this work? Yeah, so you definitely claim it and you would still put all your expenses through. The business? The business, yep. put it all through. We would then go back, apply that statutory method, mm-hmm. and that's where you'll lose about $12,000 worth of deductions. So ordinarily, say if I, I've incurred $20,000 of costs that year, I yep. assume, including everything. Yeah. We have to take the 12000 off that twenty. Correct. So then I'm only really left with eight grand of deductions. Correct. So, okay. That, okay, Correct. that's great. Well, th- and that's factoring in the depreciation as well. Yep. That factors in the, the cost of the vehicle, d- the decline in value of yep. the vehicle as well. Um, so you've incurred probably a lot more than yeah, lot 20, 20 because you've got to factor in- you've got fuel, you've got depreciation. The got- depreciation component is probably the one that sticks out the most where you sort of gain. Yep. Because again, it goes back to timing. Because you're going to get the benefit straight away, yep. but because we're only applying twenty percent of the benefit back, you're going to repay, yeah, 
over a period of time. So you still work out in a fairly good position. Yeah. And this is why it's still really wonderful to have a business, isn't it? If, you, if you're a small business owner, these are benefits that you can genuinely... Mm. Well, but things have become a little bit more flexible, yeah. I think, with a business. There's, there's a lot more fluidity and there's a lot more things that become deductible yeah. as a business because obviously, as you know, there's a lot more expenses involved yeah, in there's running a business. Yeah, a lot of things business. to do. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's put a bow on this episode then. So there are you can buy cars for your business, but there are multiple there's tax rules that you need to apply. Obviously, the logbook method seems the better way to go. Yeah. So I, I think um, Tim Lowe was speaking about it on the finance podcast. Finance podcast. Records are everything. Mm. Yeah. Keep records. You know, there's plenty of deductions around for small businesses, for individuals, especially when it comes to motor vehicles. As long as you're, the records sort of are, are really clean, you've kept records for everything, a lot of the times you can really utilize these benefits. Yep. You know, personally, it gets really difficult when you, there's a lack of records because then I feel like if there's a lack of records, you lose a lot of the time because you've got to play it slightly safer yep. than you would if you had the records. We always say, give us too much. I'd rather turn you back saying, hey, I've got too much. I don't need this, 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 rather than put it through. And then, you know, two years down the track, someone goes, oh, hey, by the way, I've been doing that for the last like five years. And we're just like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, okay. yeah. so I think records are everything. Keep records, keep too much records. How do you guys do that? So like, how do you keep your records? So it's quite simple. Like, you can use, you know, whether your emails fantastic you know you get receipts sent through to your email everyone gets email digital receipts these days save them in folders google sheets spreadsheets um if we're talking things like logbook even if it's like a notepad in your in your dash in your glove box you know you put down your the date that you start the logbook the dominant reading at that time put an alarm on your phone or not an alarm sort of like a calendar reminder 12 weeks down the track goes off Every time during that period, you're writing down all your work-related trips. Yep. At the end of that period, you put the date, what the odometer reading is, you calculate all the work Ks you've done, and then you just apply sort of mm. if out of the 100 Ks you've done 80 for work, mm-hmm. so 80% deduction. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that simple. It saves you tens of thousands of dollars probably. Yeah. yeah. And uh, do you have to do that every year? Um, no, I think it lasts about five years. Yeah. Unless something dramatically so. changes, unless like, for example, you get a new job or... Yep. change industries, change vehicles. Unless something changes, then yeah, it lasts about five years. Awesome. Okay. It's got to be one of the best ways, one of the best deductions for many businesses to consider at least. Yeah. Sure. Um, so don't, if you think you can buy a car and take advantage of the instant asset write-off, you need it delivered. So just yep. keep that, we've only got 10 days from the time this recording will go live today. Just And just sort of, just the listeners as well, it's the, un, sort of the uncapped instant ri- asset write-off is ending. The instant asset write-off does not completely end. Yep. The, it's just capped at $20,000 going forward. Yep. So anything $20,000 or less, it's still... So if you still need a printer for your office or you still yeah. need... And it's not just for motor vehicles. Somewhere. Yeah, it's just assets. It's assets. Yeah, it's just motor vehicles is probably the one that is the easiest to go over 20000 yep. Everything else is quite simple to sort of stay under the 20K mark. Um, so it's it's not ending it's just being capped at $20,000. Which is what it was a few years ago, right? Yeah, that's what it was before COVID. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just imagining all the people at the ATO that are like calculating that gigantic book that you just talked about, like with all the different rates. I'm like, they would be like, can we just like not do this? Yeah, or just chat <laughs> GPT. Owner, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the business owner's like, yeah, can we just not? Yeah, don't worry cap? about it. Yeah. Well, the business owners don't care. Yeah. It's us accountants in the back. We're like, what, yeah, engine, well, what engine type is this? <laughs> yeah. the, the only ones that care are like the the people like the politicians that set the rule for like we need to collect a bit more tax revenue here yeah like no one else this is like a massive bureaucratic and it's a control f function in that it's just like engine diesel car <laughs> oh what car you can't just type car you, it's so it's so annoying <laughs> it's it's true but like the bureaucratic side of things because that's why they've they brought it in it stimulates stimulates stimulate the economy yeah and now it's like oh we stimulated yeah. it too much. Too much inflation. Reduce, reduce. Yeah, well, that's like that's probably what needs to happen because yeah. you've got interest rates going up. Yeah, but everyone's just spending like crazy. Yeah, so they need to slow it up a bit. Which they'll probably come back in a few years. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, this was heaps of fun. Get in touch with Jordan and Daniel at Grace Space Advisor. You get a link in the show notes. Um, you can book a business health check. To be honest, this is the best time of year to reach out to these guys. So please go ahead and do it. We've had a, quite a few listeners already reach out. Uh, and engage the fellas. You can see why. So go and check them out. Um, book a business health check. They're based in Sydney, but service people all around Australia. So um, get in touch. All right, guys. Thanks Cheers. for Thanks, thanks for me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, lawyer, investor, or entrepreneur, I want to hear from you. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with this podcast series, so I'm looking for sponsors as well as potential co-hosts, and of course, I'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people. If you're looking for a supporter or advisor, a silent partner, or even an investor to support your growth, I can help. Please contact me via the RASC website. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.